In the last segment, we discussed how minhag, common custom, has the power to define the parameters of a transaction in basically all of Chesh and Mishpat, all of monetary law. If anything wasn't clearly stipulated, minhag is going to fill those gaps. Common customs and common trade terms and usages will tell us exactly what was bought, what was sold, what was hired, the extent of the type of work and how the work needs to be delivered, all that will follow the local customs of use and trade. In this topic, we're going to extend the halachas of minog, of common custom, that can not just define, it can actually obligate. It can create new chiyuvim, new obligations on parties, either parties to a transaction or just simply based on where you live, you can be bound by certain local customs or your profession can create certain obligations upon you based on the regular minhag. So that suga begins with a Gemara in Balva Basra, Tafchas Amud Beis, in the middle of the Amud. This is in the booklets, it's page 4. The Brisa is discussing the halachas of tzedakah, of the community um, tzedakah that they would give out on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and it delineates the rights that the people of the city, the populace, have when it comes to dealing with that money, and the rights extends it beyond just tzedakah funds, as we shall see. So there was a kupa and a tamchoy. The kupa was more of a long-term money bank that was given out once a week. And then there was the tamchoy, which was a daily collection and was given out on a daily basis. So the Raisa there puts in right in the middle, it says, Rishon b'nei ho'ir. The members of the city are have the ability, the power, la says, kupa tamchoy, they can change the money for the, that was intended for the long-term um, donations and can change it into a tamchoy and start giving it out on a daily basis if they feel that the aniyim need it or with tamchoy kupa they can switch it back if there's not enough aniyim and they have extra funds they can take those funds and put it towards the longer term fund so not only can they keep it within the realm of tzedakah they can even change it to whatever they feel is the best for the city they can take that money and put it towards that Continuing, Rishon B'nei Ha'ir, the members of the city have the power to set conditions when it comes to measurements, meaning they can set the sizes, they can decide that from now on an ounce has 17, there's 17 ounces to a pound, they can set the measurements and weights as they will, if they feel it's better for the city, they can even set prices, they can set specific limits on price limits, how, how little you can charge or how much you can charge. They can adjust the pricing of specific items. They can even set the wage limits. They can make a minimum wage. They can make a maximum wage when it comes to the hired workers of the city. And not only that, the price of finishes off. They can even give punishments. They can give knosses to those who don't follow their instructions. As Rashi tells us, when they can punish the one who doesn't follow their set guidelines, and they can force them even away from the typical dintayro, and they can force them to follow the instructions that the city leaders or the beneho ear put upon them. So this would seem to be limited to the general populace of a city. 
However, the Gemara continues with the story going on to the next page of Tess Omeralf in Bava Basra, on page 5 in the booklet. And the Gemara brings a specific story. This is four lines down. There were two, two butchers, and really it was more than just two. These were the butchers of the city. They made a certain deal amongst each other. They gave out the days of work. They divided up among themselves, and they said whoever will work on the day that was set for his friend to be working, we will tear up the skins from the, that these were butchers, so they would take away his skins, and they would tear them up as a way of punishing him. One of them went ahead. He opened up his shop. He was working on a day that was not his. It was a day that was supposed to be his friend's. So the others came together, and they grabbed this, the skins from, his, the, from the animals that he shechted, and they tore them up. Also, they came for the entire in front of Rava, and Chayvinu Rava Lishlume. Rava forced them to pay him for the loss that they caused him. You know, they were incorrect in enforcing the terms that they had decided amongst themselves. So, Rav Yemar Bashlamya asked Rava from the rice that we quoted earlier, it says, It says they're allowed to punish those who don't follow their instructions. So, as the Rishonim point out, even though that brisa was referring to the B'nai Ha'ir, was referring to an ordinance set by all the local populace, and over here it was just the butchers that did it amongst themselves, still the Rishonim explained that the, any members of a profession have the right and the ability, in their, within their profession, they are the B'nai Ha'ir, and they can make these laws. They can affect their own ordinances and their own guidelines, their own terms, for all the members of their own profession, they're considered like the Bnei Ha'ir. So Rav Yemar Rashlami wanted to know from Rava, why did you f- force these people who acted upon their ordinance and punished the butcher who was not following the rules, why did he make them pay? L'chair, they were correct in enforcing it. They had the right to do so. However, Rava was loya hadalei Rava. Rava did not respond. Omar of Papa, and Rav Papa concurred with Rav, Rav Papa said, Shapir he, It was good that he did not respond to them. Why? Because When do we say that you're allowed to make your own rules and your own ordinances? That's when there's no Adam Chashev around. But when there is no Adam Chashev in the city, when there's someone of, of, that deserves respect in the city, so then, Lav Kol and they're not allowed to set their own conditions without his prior approval. So again, the Rishenim put in over here that this Adam Chashev is someone who is A, is a Tam Chacham and deserves the respect that they shouldn't be doing things without his permission, and B, he's someone who's involved in the affairs of the city. And because of that, they should have checked over their Tenoyim, their conditions with him. And since they did not, it's considered non-binding. And therefore, they could, were not able to punish this wayward butcher who worked on the day that they had not set for him. However, we see that normally, typically, either if it's with the concurrence of the Adam Chashev or if there is no Adam Chashev, then A, the people of a city are allowed to enact ordinances and enforce them, even by doing, by giving punishment to those who don't follow them. And not only that, even members of a profession can band together and create terms and conditions of their own limits, when they when people can work, how much they can charge, etc. And that's enforceable amongst the members that none of them are allowed to do otherwise. They can't go off on their own 
and not follow those rules. So we go to the next Maramakam is the Chuvas Harajba, who goes into this a little bit more in depth and explains the parameters a bit more. This is on page six in the handout. So it's really a wide-ranging tshuva, where the Rajba discusses different types of minhagim and how, what, how they can affect the people who are within that local custom. So beginning over here at the top, minog, the Indian mominus. When it comes to minog in monetary law, he says, "Call minog, any custom that people have." enacted amongst themselves together with the agreement of the people on the of import in that community. He asks, It's considered a binding agreement, and they fa- have to follow it as if it was halacha the Torah. Ugi de Garcina, he brings the Gemara we said before, People can make these deals amongst themselves, and they can force the everyone to uh, to abide by them. Aval, if it only some people did it for themselves, then it's not considered a minic. Even if it's a good idea, still it's in Kenyan. They have to make some sort of Kenyan. Just like every Tanai among people needs a Kenyan. So if they just decided this is a great idea and let's do it, it's not binding unless they made a Kenyan. The Chiddush that we have by the Bnei Ha'ir is that they can create these ordinances even without any Kenyan. And it's considered binding on everyone in the city. Abel, continues the Rajbo, if the members of a profession made a tanai amongst themselves, if all of the members of a certain profession got together and made tanai amongst themselves, then it's binding amongst everyone in that profession. Depending on, conditioned upon that if there's a tamachacham in that place, then they have to include him when they set these conditions. So the mashmos of this Rajba actually is that it's only when it comes to the members of profession making this tonight, that's when we need an Adam Chashev, as opposed to the Bnei Ho'ir, when it's the members of the Papulans, they're allowed to make ordinances even without the involvement of the Adam Chashev. That, however, is a dispute amongst the Rishayinim. Continues the Rajba, if there is no Tam Chacham, then there's no Tam Chacham, then they're Tnoim and their minhagim are considered a minig, and you ruled the bezin would have to follow it like a dintayr. The kivan the hisnu v'nagu by kabali oisa umnis harayin kimnei Since all the members of this profession did it amongst themselves, they are considered the members of a city as far as these types of ordinances. He brings this gemara that we brought before of the butchers who made the tnoim amongst themselves, and one of the butchers did it. He worked on a day that was not intended to be his, and they went and they tore his the skins of his animals, and they came in front of Rovo, and Rovo only disagreed with them because they did not involve him in the condition. He was the Adam Chashev of that town, so they had no right to make conditions without his, without his involvement, but in essence, they were correct that they were allowed to make conditions amongst themselves. Rajman continues with the Tesefta. Going on to the next page, this is page 6. He quotes a Tesefta, which again shows the, how far these parameters can go and how detailed they're allowed to make these rules. Valograsinum Tesefta is on the fourth line. Rishon Loimar. The members of the city can say, Call me it's all plain. Whoever shows up by a certain person, he'll have to, he'll have to pay a certain amount. Rishon Lasa is Kitsasan. They can force the people to abide by it. 
we're shown at Samor and Vatsaborin, the people who deal with the wool or the people who die, they who dye the wool, any possibility of 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 commerce that shows up in this field, we're all gonna be shutfin. No one's allowed to buy for themselves, we're all gonna be shutfin in it. We're shown on and the bakers can make set times amongst themselves who's allowed to bake and sell what. The, the camel drivers, the uh, donkey drivers, can make a tanai amongst each other. These are members of a caravan. Caravan. They can make a tanai. Whoever's donkey will die. Everyone will have to chip in to provide a manuan. And over there we say, if it died because of his pshia, meaning he was negligent, and that's why I died, then he cannot abuse the system. He cannot take advantage and say, well, since you all agreed to provide a donkey to anyone's donkey who dies, so therefore, even if he's uh, going to be negligent with it, they have to pay. No, it doesn't apply in that case. Um, if it was delayed by if it was not his pshia, then then they do have to pay for it. And over here we see it goes the other way. He says, just give me the money and I'll buy my own donkey. We don't give him cash. Rather, we buy the donkey as the ordinance was set. You buy the donkey and you make and you and you just provide him the donkey as is. He said similar when it comes to boat drivers. Again, this is a fleet of boats, and the, the captains can say, if anyone loses their boat at sea, we will provide him with a new boat. Of the Basusio, again, if he lost it through his pshia, you know, if he brought it to a place where it shouldn't have been brought, then they don't have to pay for it. But if it's if he brought it out to the high seas, and that's why it got lost, then again, if he was, it was his negligence and they don't have to provide it. But again, we see that the ordinances among these group of people that got together, since they're all the members of a certain group, whether it's a city, whether it's a members of a profession, whether it's members of a caravan, they can create laws, they can create tenoyim, and everyone is bound by them, and even if it's to be moitzi, you can force people to pay up, and everyone has to keep these laws, so that already gives very broad, you know, broad opening for city laws and zoning laws and driving rules, that even if we don't have to come on to the Dina Malchus Adina, we still have a place for the B'nei Ha'ir to be creating laws that are binding amongst each other and trade unions and things like that, all these can come into play now that we've given the power to the people to join together and create laws that are binding, and we'll see how the Shulchan Aruch rules this halakha